0: The Torah tells us that we have to count the tribe of Levi from one month old. And Rashi says that's very unusual because we typically only count Jews from the age of 20. Why one month old? And he says because at that point they become viable. They're, they're sustainable, you know. They're not going to be nafil, stillborn. And then he says from that age they get this title they are called the people who, so to speak, look after the Mishkan, look after the Beis Mikdash. So we need to understand what Rashi is telling us over here because it's unusual for Rashi to delve into an explanation for why it is that the Torah says what it says unless it's directly relevant to the Pshat. So why is Rashi getting into this level of detail over here? It's quite an important thing. We also want to know what exactly is Rashi telling us. That's already not said in the Pasuk. And why it is that in the conversation, Rashi references a Pasuk that's still coming and only really speaks about one family within the Levim. Why doesn't he speak generally about all of the Levim? Now we are going to suggest that because the Levim would take over the role of the Bechoiros, the firstborns, and they had their role or their rights because they were saved from Makkah's Zbuchadnezzar, which affected every age of firstborn. So maybe that's the connection over here, that it's because the firstborns could have been threatened at the time of Makas Zbuchadnezzar from the younger stage. So the Levim who replaced them also come into their position from the younger stage. The only thing is we don't know that yet. We haven't yet learned that. And it doesn't really seem to fit with what it is that we're talking about. Also, Rashi then goes on to speak about Yocheved and says, Look, you see, we know that the tribe of Levi, they are people who are... Uh, counted already from while they're in the womb. And he gives the example of Yocheva that she completed the number of Jews, 70 Jews who came down to Mitzrayim, even though she was conceived outside of Mitzrayim. And she was born, as Rashi puts it literally in the entranceway of Mitzrayim. So there are many questions we have to ask about that particular part of Rashi. Many uh, seven different questions we're going to ask in addition to the fact that they also, why is Rashi getting into all of this conversation? And so what we're going to discover is that Rashi's perturbed by the fact that here we are describing the avoid the responsibilities that the Levim have, which really only kicks in when they're 30. Why then are we referring to their role from one month? And he says that it's actually, that's what you, what's unique about them. Even though they're only going to function from adulthood, they are already given that title when they're very, very young. And he proves this by giving us the name of who he quotes with the story of Yecheved, and we're going to test that as well and say, okay, we understand that Levim are unique and we understand that maybe that's why they should be counted from a younger age because they are Ligyoin Shomelech, they're like Hashem's legion. But still, that doesn't necessarily explain why it is that they're called by this role from one month old. And again, we're going to show that the particular rabbi, he quotes Rabbi Hudeb Rebbe that that's actually a shita. It's an opinion that he has generally, that a name is something which is very powerful and can be told right from the beginning. We're going to make a comparison to... Yishma'el, we're going to see that there's a story even with David HaMelech where he loses his name for a period of time. So names are really important and names can be attributed to somebody right from early, early on in their life. And then at the end, the Rebbe is going to explain to us that the primary role we're discussing over here is that the Levim have to protect the Mishkan, that somebody who's not a kohen shouldn't accidentally come in and participate in the Avoida, which could be uh, devastating for them. And the way they protect is by camping around the Mishkan, and that's something that you do even right from birth. And that's why we're learning it from Yocheved, who was already considered somebody who made a difference to the entire Jewish people right from birth. Levi The Pasuk says that you should count the tribe of Levi from one month and up. Here is Rashi. Rashi explains that it means me ben Why? We only count or we start to count a levi from 30 days old because then he's a sustainable, a viable human being. And then he says, from that point on, on the Levi can be called one of those people who God's the Koidesh, the holy place, the Mishkan. So what's he telling us? But Pash is Il Hashmiyanum. Now at Faze Valley, Rash is coming to teach us Ashima Minan Alabim Humi Ben Khoidish, Enemy Pnesha, Leven Khoydishivas, Miyuchedis. Sounds like Rash is saying that from one month and on, a person becomes you have a Hashivas, you have your you are sustainable, you're like a real person, a viable human being. Like the rest of the communities counted at the age of 20, why? Because there's significance to that age. Now you are conscription age. Similar kind of thing. Now you're of the age that you deserve to be counted. So really what Rashi is telling us is until the person is one month old, we don't know that they're actually going to survive. So it's a really big deal that the, the child makes it 30 days. Be'etzem, here's the point. It sounds like Rashi is saying, Be'etzem, fundamentally, Really, a baby should be counted from the minute he's born. We delay it 30 days just to make sure that he's going to survive. Rashi is going to say that we'll talk about it in a moment Rashi is going to actually say this in his commentary He's going to say that this is a segment of the Jewish population That is used to being counted while they are still in utero Even before they're born So now we have to understand. It's very unlike Rashi to give a reason why we have a mitzvah in a particular way and certainly why the details of a mitzvah are in a particular way. So if Rashi is giving us an explanation why a mitzvah works in a particular way, it's not because he needs to explain the mitzvah to us, it's because he wants to settle something in the Pshat of the actual wording of the psukim that we may have misunderstood. And if that's the case, we have a question, What was bothering Rashi here in the words of the Pasuk, that he had to use this explanation of why they're counted from 30 days old to settle whatever question might be there in the Pasuk. What's interesting about this is that we're going to use two examples of similar references in the Torah that Rashi doesn't explain. So that's strange, why now is he dafka talking about age, and previously he didn't. On the other hand, we find other halachas that are similar to this one, and Rashi says nothing about them. For example, before we get to our parasha, we read in So we said the minimum age that a person could choose to donate value, right? You can donate the value of a person to the Mishkan, to the Beis HaMikdash. The minimum age, the Torah says, is 30 days. Same as in our parasha, minimum age is 30 days. Rashi doesn't give any reason why. Why? Because it's not common for Rashi to explain the reason for a mitzvah. And, In Emor, where it says that you don't bring an animal as a korban until it has lived eight days. Rashi doesn't say one word about why you wait until the eighth day, even though even though the Targum yonison says exactly the same reason as Rashi gives here, we need to know that it's a viable child, that, it's, that this animal is going to live. So that's why it's bothering us over here. Why, in this case, does Rashi feel it necessary to explain the reason behind what the Torah is telling us, the mitzvah that it's giving us? Okay, so that's the general question. Why is Rashi bothered about this and he feels that he has to explain it? But now we really have to understand why Rashi adds words that apparently have nothing to do with the explanation. That from the age of one month, the child is counted as somebody who could be called a guardian of the Mishkan. Why do we need to know that? Number one. Rashi's entire point over here is to prove to us why 30 days is the number. So why is it relevant to know what title the child gets at that month? All we need to know is why at one month. Because now we know that the child is going to survive. Furthermore, look what's going to happen. Later on in the parish, we're also going to count the firstborns of the general populace, and there also we're going to count them from one month. And Rashi equates the two. He says, The reason we count them from one month then is to. Check first that this is someone who is going to survive. <speaking in Hebrew> we for sure know that the bechorim were not counting to, to, because they're going to have the title of Guardians of the Mishkan. And Rashi doesn't give another reason. So why here does he give a reason? In other words, his main thrust is to tell us why one month is the age. The fact that they're going to get a title seems irrelevant. And why did Rashi pay attention to it? Bayes, furthermore, What's Rashi actually telling us that we don't already know? With these words, they are going to be the guardians of the Mishkan. I don't need Rashi for that. The Torah tells me that. We've been told clearly that the role of Levim is exactly that—to guard the Mishkan. So, what's Rashi telling me that I don't already know? Gimel. Okay, let's accept that for whatever reason, which we don't yet know, Rashi had to define here what the role of the Levi is. So then say it in the language of the Pasuk. Why is Rashi not employing the words of a Pasuk we have already learnt, and instead is using the expression of a Pasuk that we are still to come to? Especially when you consider that the Pasuk Rashi is paraphrasing here in his interpretation only references B'nai Kahos, one family out of the Levium. Surely it would have made more sense to use a Pasuk that re- applies to all of the Levium. Even though on that same Pasuk, which Rashi is now paraphrasing about B'nei Kohas, Rashi himself explained, What is the nasius, the leadership that Kohas had? He makes reference to the fact that through Kohas, all of the Levim had a role to play. Still, it still seems very strange that Rashi would have used a Pasuk that is clear in the Pasuk only speaking about one family of the Levim, When there are options, not just a single option, there are various options of words from Psukim that Rashi could have used that would have been speaking about all of the Levim. And guess what? the Rashi has already given us an answer why the Levim should be counted separately from everybody else earlier. Rashi already told us that it is appropriate that the legion of the king, which is Shevet Levi, should be counted separately because they are unique people. Now Rashi is changing from his own words. So we need to understand why is Rashi in the first place, motivated to have to explain to us why one month is relevant. And if it is one month, what does it have to do with Shemir Mishmeret HaKodesh? Why is that relevant over here? And why does he say what the Pasuk has already said? And why does he use wording that references a Pasuk only about Kahos? And why does he change from his own words previously, where he said that the uniqueness of Shevet Levi is Ligion Shomelech? So we'll attempt an answer. The attempted answer that we're going to give is we'll try say it's because of the Bechoyeros, because the Levim Avihah are replacing the Bechoyeros and they were threatened at Makas Bechoyeros that all of them would die regardless of age. Maybe that's why all Levim have to be counted regardless of age. Perhaps the reason why Rashi felt compelled to tell us that one month is the key age because that's when a person becomes sustainable, viable, survivor. So maybe the reason is because Because the Pasuk that says I have taken the Levim to serve me Is a follow on from the Pasuk Where Hashem says Originally it was going to be the But because I saved the in Mitzrayim, But they kind of lost that opportunity Because we will learn later That The Levim taking this role is a replacement for the Bechoiros. And if we're talking about replacing the Bechoiros, we know that every single Bechoir was in the threat or under threat at the time of Makov's Bechoiros. And therefore they all owed their dedication to Hashem. Kane, so you say logically Kane, So maybe you'll say logically look in the same way as every was under threat at the time of Makkah's Bechoros. And every one of them was saved by Hashem. And therefore, every one of them has to be dedicated to Hashem, regardless of how young they are, as long as they're Yotzim and Michlan Nefolim, they're going to survive. So let's say the same thing now to the Levim, who are going to replace them. They all are in the same boat, regardless of age, but we wait until Yotz and Michlan obviously, to see that they're survivors. And then it would make sense, right, what Rashi is saying. Every levi should be counted from the youngest age, but we're going to wait and just see one month to ensure sustainability. So perhaps that's the argument, except that the Rebbe has two reasons why this doesn't work. Something doesn't make sense over here because you're trying now to connect the greatness of the Levim and therefore they're counted from one month old to the fact that they're replacing the Bechoyas as opposed to the fact that they personally are great. So let's look at this from two angles. Aleph So let's go with this thinking, which says that the Levim will be the replacements for the Bechoiris. The Bechoiris are uh, committed. They have a responsibility to represent Hashem from birth, but we delay to one month just so that they will be viable. And so too the Levim should also be counted from one month and that's why we want to say that you only count the Levim from one month. Vim if that's true. So listen. If it's true that the reason why the Levim are being counted from a young age is because they replace the bechoros, and the reason the bechoros would only have been counted from one month is because yatsu Michal Nefolim, so then the logic should have been, Levim are counted from one month to be like bechoros. That's not what Rashi said. Rashi said the reason Levim are counted from one month is because they, the Levim, become viable pers- personalities at one month he doesn't connect it directly to the Bekhoiris. he makes it like a standalone issue or detail about the levim so that indicates that rashi is not using the explanation as a build-up because the bechoiris were dealt with in a certain way so to the levim rashi sounds like he's saying the Levium have to be counted from one month old because their personal viability is relevant of course, the story of the Bechoros is that they also had to only be counted from one month because they also had to escape the threat of, of passing away, being stillborn. But their circumstances is, will not be the reason for the levi's need to be counted from one month. So we thought it would be nice to just link the two and say it's because the uh, the um, Levim are replacing the Bechorius. They should have the same rules. It's not the way Rashi says it. Rashi is indicating it's a rule that is relevant to Levim. There is something about Levim that requires them to be considered from the younger stage. And we'll just delay it 30 days because... Uh, of practicalities. But really, there's something intrinsic about Levine that they should be counted from a young age. Also, secondly, If it's true that the reason to count the Levian from one month is because of their connection to the Bechoiris, why then does Rashi say that from one month they are called guardians of the Mishkan? Surely, if we were saying the reason you count the Levim from one month is because of the Bechoirois, then Rashi would have said that. He's saying something which is totally different. He's saying that the one month age concept is somehow connected to their role. Okay, so we're back to really square one. Why is Rashi explaining the, the motivation behind the Pasuk, behind the Mitzvah? Why does he dafka connected to the word? Ha-kodesh"? What is it about Levim? That, that's like the underlying question of here. What is it about Levim that they should be considered for a role already from the younger stage? Before we can explore any of that, we need to look at the rest of Rashi, where he quotes Rabbi the Reb Sholem, and he says that this is similar to Yochavet. So Rabbi Yudu Rabbi Shalom says that this Shevet Levi is used to be encountered already from when they are in the mother's womb. As the Pasuk says about Yecheved, That she was born to Levi in Mitzrayim. Now listen carefully to what Rashi says. In Bepesach Mitzrayim. When she entered the gateway of Mitzrayim, then Yolda oysa that's when her mother gave birth to her. And therefore, the Nimnis B'Shivim Nefesh, she is then counted as one of the 70 souls that came down into Mitzrayim. Because if you count up how many people are listed by name, you'll see that it's 70 less 1. He doesn't say 69. 70 less 1. And she was the one who made the final count. So we have a couple of questions on this. Firstly, exactly like we said before, this also doesn't make sense. Out of as we said in the beginning of the Sikha, Rashi does not explain the reasons behind why things happen or are Written about in the Torah, unless knowing those reasons is important to understanding the Pshat. Why is it relevant over here Over here in our conversation to know that there's a long standing history of Levim being counted from the youngest age? How's that relevant to our Pshat in this Pasuk here? Plus, second of all, I've been The five-year-old who's now learning Chumash doesn't have to be told that this nation, this Shevet, is, is known to be counted from the younger stage. Because he's already learned the Pasuk, which says, Because he's already learned the Pasuk that says, Don't count the Yidin earlier in the parasha. He's already learned, you don't count the Levim together with everybody else. Why not? Rashi tells us, Because this is a special group of people. They deserve to be in their own senses or another reason. So the other explanation Rashi gives is because Hashem anticipated that anybody who would be part of the count would be excluded from going into Eretz because of the Miraglim. So He didn't want Levi to be part of that. So we already know that there's a good reason why the Levim should be counted separately. We don't need to know because that there's a history that Levi is counted from the younger stage. He doesn't need that. The child's already learned a really good reason. In fact, two good reasons why the Levim are counted separately. And Gimel, the and by the way, Rashi is quoting Yochavet to try and prove a point over here. There are two factors by which Yochavet's story and this story are totally different. Number one, First of all, in our parasha, we're talking about counting the boys. And for a purpose, to serve in the Nefesh, Whereas in the story of Yochavet, they were counting everybody, men, women, and children. And just simply to know a number of people who came to Mitzrayim. How do you compare the two? Who says they're the same? So, we don't know why Rashi is delving into the question of why we're counting from one month. We don't know why Rashi has to insist that it's Shemir Mishmir sakodesh that that's a big part of this. We can't say that it's because we're comparing them to the Bechoyrois. And we don't understand why Rashi is Dafka using Yochever as a story to illustrate the point. Why do we need it? There are other reasons why the Levim should be counted separately. And who says the two stories are even the same? Having said that, this part of Rashi has seven Diyukim. Seven expressions of language that Rashi uses, which we have to understand why. So there are a number of Diukim. Aleph number one. Why does he say that the Shevet Levi are counted from in the womb? He's not even quoting his source verbatim. The source that he's quoting from, either the Majesthan Kumar or Majesth Bamid Barabba, says that Levim are counted from youth. Rashi says from the womb. Why? Why change it? Even if you want to say It's because Rashi wants to emphasize That levium are counted From the youngest, youngest age Even before they're a month old and then the only reason we wait a month is for practical reasons. And that would explain perhaps why Rashi emphasizes that Yechevet was born as they got into Mitzrayim. Which, by the way, that's a detail that is not quoted in the Mitzrayim that Rashi is quoting. Maybe it's because Rashi wants to emphasize that a Levi is is countable from the time he's born. So fine, so say that it's from the minute they're born, then use that word. Say which emphasizes. His value. As he is born, he's worth counting. When you say bet and imoy, it almost sounds like you're saying there's a value to his mother. So why does Rashid do that? Why does he change from the original mocker? And why does he emphasize the mother's womb? Phase number two, The very common expression, I'm sure you've seen it in the in Saito, because we just learned it at this time of the year, is that she was born in between the walls coming into Mitzrayim. So what does Rashi say? What is Rashi say so Why does Rashi use the expression, the entrance to Mitzrayim? Why don't you just use Divrei Chazal? On the same note, why does he have to highlight that she was born in the entrance to Mitzrayim? Why he just say she was born as they got to Mitzrayim, as they entered Mitzrayim? Pretty sure if you had to put this in front of an English teacher, they'd say you, you know you don't need so many words. Just say at the entrance or as they entered. Why does Rashi have to prove to us that Yecheved at birth was already a viable person who was counted as the census of 70 people? Don't we have a proof before you get to 70? Yecheved is one of the children, Well, she's from the families of the children of Leah, and before, and the Pasuk says, Earlier on, when we were given the number of Leah's descendants who came to Mitzrayim, it says there were 33, you count them as 32. Why doesn't he just answer it there? And say, oh, who was number 33? She was born in the way in. Parenthetically, Ah, you're saying because he's quoting Rabbi Yehuda b'Rebbi Sholom, and that's how he says it. Hari Alef, So the question, okay, fine. So just because the question is on Rabbi Yehuda b'Rebbi Sholom and not just on Rashi, no, doesn't mean it's no longer a question. But besides that, we know how Rashi works. Rashi only quotes if they are directly relevant to understanding the Pshat. So Rashi didn't have to quote Rabbi Yudab Rebbe Shalom at all. He could have just said, look at that Pasuk about B'nei Le'ah. See that there were 33 mentioned in the Pasuk. You only count 32 and that's it. He's got the answer. Especially when you consider that this is actually a proof that is used by Chazal. The 32, 33. Hey, why did Rashi use the version of the Medrash Tanchuma, which uses a kind of an, a, a, a long way of saying a simple thing? Seventy less one, just say sixty-nine. Simpler. Medrash also uses that that expression. Use it. If he already tells us that Jehovah is counted as one of the 70, why does he then repeat, and she completed the number? Well, I could work that out. (laughs) She's one of the 70, she completed the number. Especially because that particular addition is not even mentioned in the Medrash itself. And famously, why do we need to know the rabbi's name? We know very well that Rashi only gives us the name of the Bala Memra if it's going to help us to understand things better. Why do we need Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shalom's name over here? Furthermore, not only do we have seven textual questions on this Rashi. But actually, we have like a big question about all of these diyukim. It's always strange when Rashi says a similar thing in two different places and says it differently. Now, this idea that Yechevet was the one who completed the number of 70 is already quoted by Rashi in Parashas Vayigash at the time, except Avul Shom. There Rashi discussed the taka about the benay leah. How do you get to thirty-three? There's only thirty-two names. Ah, guess what? Your is the one. Here he says it's part of the 70. There he says count, and you'll only find thirty-two. Unlike here, where he says count and you'll find 70 less 1. <laughs> so which one is it? Is the correct language usage to say the quantum less 1, or is the correct language usage just to say the number? Gimel Kosav, over there he also says, He uses the language of, of, of Chazal, that she was born in between the walls. Yeah, How come he says Pesach Mitzrayim? There he does not, as he does here, repeat at the end of it. And she was the one who completed the full number of people. And he doesn't tell us who said it. And the plot thickens. Gamba Pasha's Pinchas a la posakash bemitzraim. Later on in Pasha's Pinchas where we're told again about the family of Moshanaran. And it says over there that Yehoved was born be mitzraim. His Yehoved Rashish Yecheblobaminyan Shivim Nafesh. There again Rashi tells us that she was, Yehoved was counted as one of the seventy Alashisham kosab bikitzer, but he does it so succinctly. He says, Kesha nichnasulutoi kha koymo, Yoldaso. She was born as they came through the wall, right? Thick wall, you know, like if you go to the old city of Yerushalayim, you walk through a gate that goes through the wall. That's where she was born. And she made number 70, because if you count, there's only 69. So the same question is there. It says, it's quickly, there he doesn't repeat afterwards. Um, even though he uses the expression, he doesn't say it twice. He doesn't say, so clearly all of these language choices here in this Rashi are relevant. Surely Rashi could have made the same point. He wants to illustrate to us that Chevat Levi is counted from birth. Great. Say it like you said it in pashas Pinchas. Short He could have said 69 instead of 70, less 1. Without repeating the same concept essentially twice, that she's counted as the 70 and she completes the 70. And without telling us who said it. So what lies at the core of what's bothering Rashiva? The explanation is this. Context is everything. How did we get to this part of the, of the discussion about counting the Levim? It's after the Torah already told us that Hashem says, select the Levim because they're going to be different to the rest of the Bnei Israel, and they're going to be mine. What does it mean they're going to be mine? What does it mean you separate them? The Shom Pirush Rashi Rashi said what it means. He said, Rashi explained that what it means is that they didn't appoint, even higher, the Levim to represent them to serve Hashem. Because it was supposed to be the firstborns, the firstborns lost the opportunity with Egel so the Levim who did not participate in Egel were given the responsibility in their place. Rashi is making it clear to us That at that point Later is a different story Later we'll talk about the connection Between the Levim and the Bechoirois But at that point when Hashem says Take for me the Levim They'll be mine That is not telling us at that point How they replace the Bechoirois why? Because that information that the Levim will be the representatives, the replacements of the Bakhiras, that's still to come. We're not there yet. First we're going to count the Levim once we've done the whole census, then we'll get to that point. So now the information we have at our disposal now doesn't yet tell us that the Levim are representing or replacing the Bakhiras. It's a self-sufficient concept. Namely, That Hashem elected the Levim to be the representatives of the yidn, so to speak, hired by them to serve in the Mishka. If that's the case, So therefore it's impossible for Rashi to say You know why we're counting Levim from one month old Because they're replacing the Bechoyros Who were only viable from one month old He cannot say that because we don't know that yet so there has to be another reason and Rashi's going to find, so what is that reason? Why me ben chodesh from We know that this is where they're coming into Sheirah. Sheirah is in adulthood. That's when they're going to serve in the Mishkan. Why me ben chodesh from now, the most logical thing it would be, we're talking over here about the role the Levim are going to play in the Mishkan, and now we're going to talk about counting them separately from everybody else. Logic says the counting must be connected to their service in the Mishkan, which is really strange. A lady only begins service in the Mishkan at the age of 30. So, If anything, logic says, they should be counted from an older age than everybody else. Of course, we know they have to be separate to everybody else. But practically, everybody else is counted from the time that they could serve in the army at 20. Logically, Levim should be counted from the time that they could serve in the Mishkan, 30. What connection is there between a Levi and his formal service in the Mishkan when he's one month old? This bothers Rashi. Why one month old? It's not logical. Therefore Rashi says because at one month old he can already be given the title of guardian. The job of guardian still to come. But the title he can be given. That's what Rashi is illustrating to us. The Torah wants you to know that even at one month old the Levi is already bound to his service. That's the Kiddush Rashi says. That at one month old, of course he cannot serve in the Mishkan for a long time. But as Nikra, he's already carrying the title of somebody who will, in the future, serve in the Mishkan. Now, how do you get a name now based on something you're going to do in the future? We get why the Levim have to be counted separately. In fact, we can even understand why they should be counted from the age of one month, because we want to show that the Levim are distinct from everybody else. They're Hashem's special regiment. But how could you suggest, as Rashi is doing, that already at one month old they could be called in the present tense, described as Shoimer? you are a God? Say, Yishmoyer, potential Shomer, future Shomer. Shoime, already at the age of one month, now you're saying that this person is a guardian of the Mishkan? How does that make sense? Well, that's why we need to know that we're talking about Rabbi Huda Brebi Sholem, because he has a whole theory about ages and stages and roles that is relevant of here. Rabbi Huda Brebi Sholem says, no, 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 you have to understand, this shavet operates differently. So what does Rabbi Yudar Rabbi Shalom teach us? Not just the fact that Yochavet was part of the census. But more than that, she made the number, she was Hislimo. Not only was she one of the people counted, she elevated the entire status of that group to become a status of 70 people. Even a child will appreciate that the emphasis the Torah makes That everybody of, Bnei, of Yaakov's family who came to Mitzrayim Totaled 70 people A child will know that 70 is a special number 70 is a number that represents wholeness The whole Jewish nation and there's the chap. It's not just that we count Yochevet as one of the people, even though she's just born. It's that because she is from Shevet Levi, once you count her, everybody gets their Shleimos. Everybody has this uniqueness now of being part of the 70. Now we understand that the greatness of Shevet Levi is not just that they deserve to be counted when they're young, but the fact that when they are counted, it changes the entire nature of the entire nation. That helps us to understand that you can count such people even at one month old and even at one month old they already have a role to play in the community. They now become representatives of the community. Now we understand why Rashi Dafka brings the proof from the 70 rather than the 33, even though they are both reasons that Yechevet was counted, but he wants to emphasize not only was she counted, but the counting of Yechevet affected everybody else and elevated everybody else. And it also explains Why Rashi Dafka says not only was she counted, but she completes the number because Rashi wants us to know that this is Rabbi Rabiudisholom's attitude that a levi is special, a levi affects the whole community from the younger stage. Ah, Ponim Memulach. What if you have a really sharp student learning this Rashi? and He's still not absolutely convinced. Let's be honest. Until this fellow is 30 years old, he's actually not a guardian of the Mishkan. He's not on duty. So, What's the difference? You give him a name. So you give him a name. You give him a title. So what? So you give him a name. He is Shomer Mishmer Sarkoidesh. It doesn't mean a thing. He's not Shomer Mishmer Sarkoidesh for another 29 years. Therefore, Rashi tell, tells us, no, 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 you have to know who said this. Do you know who's speaking? Rabbi Yudu Rebbe Shalom. You know what he says about names? You know how he learns that a name could change the entire status of a person for positive or for negative? We'll use a, a negative example to illustrate a positive. So what's the story? Hik the Gemara Yerushalmi has a question. It says that David Hamelach was a king over the whole of Israel for forty years. And then it says before that he was a king over Yehuda for seven and a half years. Whereas in Yerushalayim he was thirty three years. So why do we say that he was a king for forty years? It's actually forty and a half years. Asks the Yerushalmi. Various answers are proposed in the Gemara, Ulalon Sham Isa, and then the Gemara continues. Later on, in the story of Shlomo Amelech. The, the Tanakh tells us briefly about an incident that happened where David Ahmed sent his general Yoav to attack the people of Edom, and he stayed there for six months. And because the Torah says that we are not allowed to provoke the, the, the Bnei Edoim, so Hashem says, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that those six months don't count as part of his, uh, part, part of his rule because for those six months that he was involved at Edoim he wasn't called by the title king that's actually a punishment meaning it's something that really affects you your name and status really affects you even though he was technically a king He had lost the title for six months and that has a real effect on him. If that's how it works in the negative, that somebody could lose status, lose their name, and it actually impacts them, then for sure when you get a name for a positive thing, it elevates you. And therefore, according to Rabbi the fact that they're given the name at one month old, is already a huge accolade for them, a huge elevation. It's an upgrade for them at that point in time. So you want to say, what's the big deal that they're given a name? Yes, it is a big deal. It's akin to having the position. But there's still a few other questions to deal with. Firstly, what does Rashi say specifically that they're counted from in the womb? He could have just still said the same thing. Why he insisted that Yehoved was Dafka born as they entered the entrance of Mitzrayim? And why did Rashi say seventy less one instead of saying sixty-nine? Besides all of that, still have a question. Why is Rashi fixated on saying that the greatness of the Levim is that they are guardians of the Mishkan? Say that they're liguonah shomelech. What dafka that? Gam inim Another question. Soif soif keitzat efschal chanes haLevim mi from v'mayle v'lu bi kriya b'elvad b'shemesh v'be'meshmeres hakodesh v'shoshayinim shomerim befoyal. Realistically, how can you call somebody a name after something they're not doing, <laughs> and actually, they're not even able to do it? a one month old baby they're not able to be guardians of the Mishkan how do you give them such a name yes okay you want to argue that Shem has value but how do you apply such a name to a person if they cannot do the job so, one suggested answer you might want to give is that maybe it's Dafka because that is the attitude of Rabbi Yudu Brebi that he says that your future already gives you a title right from the get go because Rabbi Hudab Rabbi Shalom is Dafka, the person who believes that you can name a child now based on things that will happen to him or he will do in the future. Where do you get this from? So, Isa B Mishnah Nidorim. Very interesting alocha, If a person makes an oath that they will not benefit from any person who is a descendant of Avram Avinu, they are only forbidden from from pleasure from a Jewish person. They can benefit from any other person on earth. So the Shami asks, "What about Yishmael? Yishmael was Avram Avinu's son. Surely his descendants are also considered Zera Avram." And the Gemara, they answer, no, the Torah is very clear. And the Torah tells us only the descendants of Yitzchak will be called Zerah Avraham. Ask the Gemara, Vaiter O Mam Shechom Makshavain, Asav, Ichlal Zerah Yitzchak. What about Esav? Is Esav not Yitzchak's son? Om Rabiud and Bar Shalom, Be Yitzchak, Be Mikhtas Yitzchak. So this same Rabbi, Udib, Rabbi Shalom, comes along and he says the Torah tells us Ki be, yichal, yichal be Yitzhak, Doesn't say Ki Yitzchak, Yitzchak will be called the, your your seed, your descendant, but be Yitzhak, which means two but miktsas, sorry, he says means. But miktsas, it's only some of Yitzhak's sins. Rav Huna, Imer, the teves Yitzchak, trei ben Shasid in chel shnei lomisay la'azavay Ba. Rav gives another explanation, even though it's the same conclusion that only the son who would get two worlds, Yaakov, who would get both la'mazav and la'mabah, that's who it's referred to. But the point is, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shalom says, be Yitzchak, not 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 to call Yitzhak. But cheren imovenas asvare Rabbi Huda, but Shalom b'Yitzchak b'miktsas Yitzchak. So what is Rabbi Yehuda actually saying over here? That Bei means only some of Yitzchak's children, or more specifically, one of his children. Practically, Esav is Yitzchak's child, and especially before he went off onto his uh, off the derech experience. By Yishmael, the Torah is very clear to disassociate Yishmael from Avram Avinu. The Torah calls him the child of the maid, not yours. But by Yitzchak, Esav is his child. Generally speaking, Torah doesn't speak in riddles. Torah says things that are clear. If you want to go with Rabbi Huda Rabbi, Rabbi Shalom's explanation that Be means only one of Yitzchak's children, how do you know it's Yaakov? The Torah doesn't say us, say to us clearly. If you have no choice, to say because later in his life. At 13 years old, Asaf was going to leave the path of commitment to Hashem. Therefore, Therefore, already at birth, even before that had occurred, he's already distanced and disassociated. That's the shita of Rabbi Huda Rabbi Shalom. That if a person later in life will assume a particular role, we can already label them based on that role when they're just born. And if that's true on the negative, it's certainly going to be in the positive. If later on this person, this lady is going to serve in the Mishkan, he can carry that title already now. So maybe that's the answer. But is dissatisfied, but that is an it's a really big expectation to think that Rashi is going to allude to this whole thing we've just gone through with the Gemara and the Dorem and the whole comparison between Yishmol and Yitzchak and all of that we're going to know just by knowing Yitzchak, 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 be this argument and when it says ki be Yitzchak that only some of Yitzchak's descendants will be included is also brought in the Talmud Bavli and there it's not associated with any specific rabbi certainly not with Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Sholem. that means that the Talmud Bavli does not believe that this is a unique approach of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Sholem. it's a classic approach of all of the sages and we always follow the Talmud Bavli and the most important point, Rashi, "Kvar hevi le'il maim azekib yitzchak v'loy kol yitzchak vistam b'shem shalom." This exact pirush Rashi has already brought on the pasuk "Kib yitzchak yikare l'chazara" and said nothing about Rabbi Huda debrebi shalom. So, as beautiful as an idea as it sounds, still has not explained how it is that you could call somebody by a title based on something that's still going to happen in the future. So, what is the answer? That shift our thinking completely. You're thinking, means you have an adult, mature individual who's now playing a formal role in the Mishka. Shmira is something very pragmatic and simple. Keeping the wrong people out. Their responsibility is to ensure that they are positioned... So no person who shouldn't be serving in the Mishkan ever comes in. The most practical first step of protecting the Mishkan is to have the Levim camped around it. So now there's a buffer zone and nobody accidentally wanders into the Mishkan and starts doing things that they shouldn't do because they have to first cross the camp of the Levim. Velochim. Now, see how simple it is? Obviously, they could be considered guardians of the Mishkan from day one. Because the minute a lady is living in Machane Leviyah, he's already protecting the Mishkan, even though he's only going to be years later doing the formal service. Whereas the other roles that a levy has for which a levy is called the king's legion, Then it's a bit of a stretch to say that those who are too young to do it are already going to carry that name. And that's exactly what Rashi wants us to know. Rashi wants us to know that the role defined over here is a role that happens from day one of the Levi's birth. He is already positioned as a buffer zone around the Mishkan. He is already a Shoimer, present tense, Mishmeres mikra, And still this absolutely genius five-year-old is going to ask this next question. bohem. We get it. You're showing us that there's something really special about the Levim. Therefore, they are counted from a younger age, from one month. But you'll say, you're trying to illustrate something that's great about the person. This child that happens to be living in the camp, that happens to be a buffer against somebody walking into the Mishkan, it's not of his doing, not his achievement, <laughs> he just landed up in that place. So She This is actually his mother's credit. The mother's one who brought him into the world. The mother's one who's looking after him. Thanks to his mother. There is this buffer. Ojtkosha, another question. In the same way as the Levim are this buffer zone to protect the Mishkan from a Jew wandering in and doing something he shouldn't. Actually, the whole Jewish people are doing the same thing because they are a massive buffer zone around the Levim who are around the Mishkan so that no non-Jews come into that precinct. So what's the big deal about the Levim? They're riding on their mother's coattails and doing a job that the rest of the Jewish people are doing in a slightly different context. So why do they now deserve to be counted from one month and over? That's why Rashi says, Look what Rabbi Rabbi Shalom says. He says, These people are used to being counted from the beten, from the womb. with that? He tackles both questions. First of all, we have precedent that Shevet Levi, even at the stage where they are still of no consequence of their own, it's the mother who gave birth to them, already they have an impact on the world. Look at Jechevet. And because Rashi wants to highlight that point that Yochhevet's power started while she was still part of her mother, before she had the ability to assert herself. Therefore, he says That's why Dafka says as they came into the gate, that's when she was born. And basically a shivim choser achas. And that's why he emphasizes that the 70 was lacking, meaning, Rashi is showing us you cannot count your Jecheved as everybody else would be counted, because everybody else is a normal living human being who comes through the door, and she only comes into this world at the door. But if you are willing to say that Shevet Levi has this uniqueness, that you can count them when, even while they're still in the womb, then she has a value. Then Yechever who gets carried into Mitzrayim inside her mother is already part of the count. That's the uniqueness of Shevet Levi. That's why he emphasizes that she was born As they came into the gateway of Mitzrayim If she was born before they came into Mitraim, There'd be nothing unique about her If she had been born before they got to Mitraim, She's the same as everybody else There's nothing unique about Shavet Levi If she was born After they crossed the border Then you couldn't count her As one of the people who came to Mitzrayim Because you'd say She's just a fetus A fetus is considered a continuation A part, a limb of the mother She doesn't have independence Once Rashi Highlights that she was born at the entranceway into Mitzrayim. The goal of an entrance is to link the outside of the city with the inside of the city. Now you have the culmination. You have the fact that she came to Mitzrayim in her mother's womb and was born before they crossed the border to be inside the city itself. So she is this unique case of somebody who was not yet born and yet counted. That also explains why he says dafka that the number was 70 less one. Rashi wants us to know that even before Jehovah was born there were 70 souls. Because she was fully formed, full term, but still in the womb. So it's seventy, but not exactly seventy. It's seventy, but she doesn't yet count. They they didn't practically have the seventieth person yet, even though she's there because she's beten she technically should be counted because that's the uniqueness of Levi. Factually, she's not born yet. Now that she was born, she completes that whole number. This is the uniqueness of Shevet Levi. Shevet Levi from the youngest age has an impact on everybody around them, not like the rest of the community that's just simply a buffer against intrusion from the outside, they actually contribute to the Shlemus of the whole people right from the beginning. Let's take this deeper. A deeper perspective on Rashi. A Pasuk that says, uh, I am the the one who seeks the peace of Israel. Okay, whole story in Tanakh, not going there now. This female voice that says, I seek the peace of Israel, Khsidas and Kabbalah says refers to spheres malchus, which completes each one of the spheroids. The Malchus of each sphera completes each sphera. The explanation is not just to say, oh, Malchus is number 10. So now we have the full range of Spheros. That's not unique to Malchus. Every one of the spheroids is is part of the number that gets you to 10, that gets you to the full range of of, of, spheres. Hello. The message really that Chsidus is teaching us over here is that Malchus brings completion and wholeness to all the other spheres. That's why it's interesting that uh, there's a Maime Chazal that this person who said, I look for the peace of Israel, is actually Serach Bas Asher, whether or not she was the physical person in the story. And she was saying, I completed the quantum, the number of Jews who were in Mitzrayim. Shlamti doesn't just mean to complete, it means to bring something to wholeness, to fullness. In fact, in fact the, the Tzermach Tzedek says that Bas Osher is also an icon, a symbol of Malchus. So, from that, we can extrapolate over here to Yechevet that Yechevet wasn't just the 70th person. Now we have the full quorum, but she brought shleimus to the whole of Bene Israel, and by extension, that's what Levi does for the whole of Israel. So, this notion that Malchus brings a sense of completion to all of the spheris. So when we're talking about Malchus, we're talking about Malchus of Atzilus, which is the lowest level of Atzilus, right? We talk about Svirus, we're then talking about Atzilus. And what is the job of Malchus? To create. To allow the possibility of Bria, Yitzira and Asiya to exist. Because Malchus is the dimension of Sphirois that enters the reality and becomes enclosed in the reality of Bria, Yetzirah, and asiya, it cannot itself give revelation to those worlds. The principle is the prisoner cannot free himself. Malchus has become enwrapped in the world of Bia, so it cannot bring higher Giloi into Bia, because now it's already part of the system. So where does the revelation of kedusha and Elekus come into our worlds? Because Malchus is in itself a conduit for the higher spheroi. We'll see that in the story of Yechevet. It actually explains it really beautifully. If that sounds too abstract, look at the story of Yechevet. Now we get it why Yechevet not only completed the number 70, but did so in that border between outside and inside Mitzrayim. How does Yechevet complete the whole Jewish nation? By being in this bridge reality between beyond Mitzrayim and in Mitzrayim, which is metaphoric for Atzilus for the higher world that is absolute and the lower worlds which are a place of, of personal identity and creation. So how does Yechevet bring wholeness to the Jewish people? By reaching into a world that is foreign to the Jewish people. How does Malchus bring wholeness to all the spheres? By reaching into a realm that feels distant and separate from the spheres. Distant and separate from Hashem. Of course, the pregnancy, uh, uh, the the development of Yechevet in utero happened all before she got to Mitzrayim. And that's how she had the power to be able to bring Shleimus. Why? So, so how could she be counted in the number? dafka because she's not part of Mitzrayim. She doesn't belong to Mitzrayim. She belongs to B'nai Yisro. Yisro. How could you have it be the gateway? Pesach Mitzrayim, opening Mitzrayim, paving the way for Geulein Mitzrayim, keeping the children alive, giving birth to Moshe Rabbeinu. How did all of that happen? Because she got power from outside of Mitzrayim. She developed outside of Mitzrayim. How does Malchus have an impact on Biyah? Because it takes the Sphiros that are outside of the realm of Biyah. And this is actually allowed, uh, alluded to in the name of the Bala Memra himself, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shalom. Yehuda, Pam oida, hido, svirsa, malchus. The name Yehuda, which represents Kabbalah soil, acknowledgement, giving gratitude, that's malchus. You don't have anything of your own. You acknowledge that your power comes from elsewhere. Sholem, koyalter, nitin lasi, Shalom bailom, svirsa, tiferes. Shalom represents Torah, which is what brings harmony into the world. Harmony is Sferis at Tiferis. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Sholem, and siferis, Rabbi, Rabbi Shalom represents the bringing together of the two. Malchus, as it is illuminated and inspired by Tiferis. A, an energy of, of uh, Atzilus that can be translated into Malchus and, and through that into the world. What is that? Kabbalah soul mixed with Torah learning. More specifically, within Torah itself, it's the combination of Nigler de which is compared to Malchus, and Pneumius de which is compared to Tiferes. Why is Pneumius related to Tiferes? Tiferes is harmony and beauty, because Pneumius de has no questions and no challenges and no difficulties by combining the two, the learning of Nigla de deteroo with the learning of Hcides, that's what brings Moshiach mamish.